Thank you for joining today's Accelerate Your Performance podcast. And thank you for having a desire to be your best at work and helping your organization achieve success. This podcast focuses on tactical actions to improve workplace culture. And these tactics align to our nine principles for organizational excellence. In this episode, you'll hear from Rich Blooney. Rich is a nationally renowned author and speaker. Rich has presented to tens of thousands of people across the U.S. and Canada, frequently keynoting major conferences for hospital organizations, medical practices, and universities. Rich has more than 25 years of nursing, risk management, patient safety, and leadership experience. With clinical experience in a broad range of areas such as pediatric intensive care, trauma intensive care, flight nursing, behavioral health and emergency medicine. Rich understands the challenges, joys, and value of purpose, worthwhile work, and making a difference in healthcare. Rich, I'm delighted to have you on our show today to talk about the current state of healthcare and to give us insight on the frontline professionals who are doing heroic service across the country and world. Thank you for joining us today, Rich. Thank you so much for having me. It's a, it's a privilege. I'm excited to get the chance to spend some time with you and your listeners. That's great. So, you know, Rich, if you would, um, gosh, there's a lot going on out there. So with your expertise, you know, would you give us a high level assessment of, you know, what you think the current state of healthcare is as professionals are, are living through COVID-19? Well, you know, it's interesting. I had a conversation with a, another colleague who shared with me when she was talking to one of her chief nursing officers that she works with in her circle and just trying to have an encouraging kind of conversation. And the chief nursing officer said something that really struck me. And, you know, she, she was very upbeat. It's in an organization that's, you know, seeing a lot of this and, and is, is definitely having their challenges. And she said, you know what, it's really tough, but we were built for this. This is what we do. And, you know, I immediately thought to myself, you know, there's, there's certainly two ways that you can have these conversations or even answer that question. I mean, you could focus on, you know, the current state of health, healthcare as far as it relates to, you know, all the things that are going wrong. And, and, and there certainly are going to always be things that go wrong. And there's always going to be the challenges. And there's always going to be, you know, the, the pieces of the puzzle that didn't fall in place as they should. And we could certainly address that. I would say overall, I would say if you, you ask for a high level assessment, certainly how the professionals are and, and where they're at in the organizations. I think their current state is in their mind, it's, it's uh, they're going to war. You know, it's very much a warrior kind of mentality. It's very much of a, we're in this to fight. We're in this to win. Um, I would say, you know, right off the cuff, that's my sense. You know, the people that I talk to and the people that, that I really communicate with, the people that are on my my Facebook page, Inspired Nurse, you know, the messages that I'm getting, it, you know, people are, you know, man, it's like Spartans, you know, it's like Spartans. I mean, they're, <laughs> they are just built for this. And, and that's, you know, that's on, on the more positive end. On the other end, you know, uh, you know, the current state is a little bit, it's a little bit chaotic in some places. In some places, it's a little bit more, you know, uh, kind of organized. I think it depends on where you are. That question would be answered differently. Overall, I would say I'm seeing a warrior mentality coming out, something that doesn't surprise me in the world of healthcare at all. Yeah, you know, Rich, it's probably, you know, as you think about your past experience um, on the front line, you know, it's probably in in your DNA and in, in the professionals working on the front line. It's in their DNA, right? You know, I mean, just in terms of their makeup, 
Yeah, and you know, it, as as it relates to you know the front line, you know, if if you were you know to talk about or if we were to talk about what they're feeling, you know, I think one thing that's okay to say is that there's some fear, you know, and I, I you know I think it's okay to put that out there as well. I think it's unrealistic to try to present it in any other way. And I'll be honest with you, you know, I. I, I was a flight nurse. I was a trauma nurse. I was an ICE, a pediatric ICU nurse. I was an ER manager. If if I just pulled those those roles that I've had in my life, I, I I don't think there was ever a day that I didn't experience fear. You know, I was scared every time I got in the back of an ambulance or on a on a plane to to transport a patient. I was scared every time I was in the middle of a resuscitation. I had fear. Every time, you know, we brought some, rushed somebody to the OR whose blood pressure was crashing and they needed emergent surgery and trauma. I mean, that's, that is a common denominator. The difference is, you know, people in these types of professions, people that are nurses or physicians or, you know, firefighters or paramedics or EMTs or respiratory therapists or anybody for that matter that works in healthcare, that, you know, fear sometimes is a motivator. It, it creates adrenaline. It creates that in, and I, I think talking about that is okay, but here's what they're afraid of. Yeah, you know, we're certainly, our healthcare folks are certainly afraid of how something like COVID-19 is gonna affect them. Uh, it would be nonsense to not talk about that. They're afraid they're gonna get it. They're afraid they're gonna bring it home to their families. They're afraid they're gonna expose their loved ones. You know, when I think about when I was a pediatric nurse and I took care of uh, pediatric oncology patients, I was about 26 or 27. And the short version of the story is, um, I had been floated somewhere to another floor and I got exposed to chicken pox and I didn't know it. Um, I had never had chicken pox and didn't know that either, believe it or not. And I woke up one morning and I, you know, looked like, uh, you know, somebody took a red magic marker and just like drew all over me, like connect the dots. And yeah, sure. I was miserable being 26, 27 with chicken pox is no fun, but you know what I was really, what the, the fear was that I exposed one of my patients, that one of the kids with leukemia that I cared about, one of the, the children who were immunocompromised, that was my fear. That's what kept me up at night. That's why I would start crying in the middle of the night. And I thought, of course, I had no way of knowing. Of course, I didn't do it purposefully. Of course, you know, but, but that's what I'm afraid of. And that's what I was, that's where my fear was. Most of the time, my fear of getting into a plane or CPR or rushing someone to the OR wasn't I'm scared of what's going to happen to me. It was, I'm scared I'm not going to be enough. I'm yeah. scared I'm not going to save their life. I'm scared I'm going to forget something. So in the present situation that we're in, I think healthcare workers are certainly afraid uh, for themselves. There have been nurses, there have been physicians who have suffered the consequences of this disease, not only worldwide, but in, in the United States. There have been nurses who have died, you know, other healthcare workers as well. This is a serious matter, but every nurse that I talk to, every every physician, every caregiver that I've talked to, they're they're just so afraid that they're not going to have the ability or or the the equipment to be able to protect others as well. Because at the end of the day, these are people that go into their their job and their work every day wanting to make a difference. Their fear is not a fear of selfishness. Their fear is a fear that they're going to bring harm because they're there to do the opposite. They're there to heal. Yeah. And that's, you know, I can't imagine what that feels like to them and the anxieties that come, come to them each and every day. I mean, whether it's when they're going into work and then going home to their families, Rich, you know, so how do they deal with their anxieties? What do you think? Well, think I, I think, that? 
I think first out of the gate, it's having a willingness to, to call a monster what it is. You know, I mean, I know for many years of my life, um, especially when I was in some of the areas that I worked and I've known you for a number of years and, and you know me in the role that I have now for, you know, the last many years. But, um, you know, I saw a lot of horrible things and um, I, you know, never called it what it was until I talked to somebody. And, and when I finally talked to somebody and, you know, I had a, a meaningful conversation with a, a healthcare, a, a, a behavioral health, a mental, a mental healthcare professional, um, you know, it, it came down to PTSD, post-traumatic stress disorder. You know, I had all the symptoms, I had all the signs, I had all the discussions. And it was something that until I just called it what it was, um, that's what enabled me to kind of deal with it. So it's calling the monster what it is. I'm anxious. I'm scared. So what do you do when you're anxious and you're scared? One of the first things you do is find a trusted person to talk to. Certainly, if it needs to be a professional, you get a professional. You talk to a therapist. You say, I am driving to work with my heart pounding in my chest. Um, what do I do? Uh, you, you vent to a friend. You know, it's healthy to have somebody that understands you, a, a best friend at work, and you can just say, and can I talk about, I'm, I'm really freaking out right now about, you know, what it's like on the floor. I'm, I'm really scared about what I'm seeing in the ER right now, or I'm so scared about bringing home to my family. So you talk about it. Then from there, you get information from trusted sources. You don't go to the crazy conspiracy theorist, theory websites and get yourself yeah. scared and, and think that like, if you know, you, you know, chew on a frankincense leaf, you're going to be, you know, healthcare <laughs> people are smarter than that. But, you know, you go to trusted sources and you go to, you go to folks and you, and, and you learn about, you know, the things that you're afraid of and how to deal with them. And, and I think, you know, certainly taking time, in, especially in the middle of crisis, to do things for yourself, um, taking time to, to, man, people are working amazing hours, long hours, hard hours. So even if it's that cup of coffee, even if it's sitting down and, 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 and taking a break, even if it's, you know, doing those kinds of things, meditating, praying, I mean, you know, these things have been around for thousands of years for a reason because they work, right? So, you know, chewing, you know, uh, chewing bark from a tree ended up being aspirin. Well, that was around for a long time before it was aspirin. So praying and meditating or stilling your mind or doing deep breathing exercises, doing them as a group, doing them as a department, you know, and, and I think when it comes to the anxieties, you know, I think it's, I think it's definitely that. And honestly, humor. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know what it is about healthcare people, but you know, we laugh at things that other people would find highly inappropriate and maybe offensive. And you know what? That's okay. We do that because it helps us get it out. And and the more you keep something in, the more poisonous it is to you. The more it eats you up and destroys you. And when you laugh about it and you make a joke and you get together with your friends and you do a funny TikTok video or or you sit in the lounge and you say, can you believe that person just said that? Or, you know, it, it's a way to kind of exercise it, not, not ER, but OR, like exercise yeah. it, like be gone, you know, it's a way to get it kind of out of yourself and you laugh and you chuckle. And that's why, you know, sometimes the stuff that we laugh at other people would maybe be a little put off by, but we're not doing it because we're mocking something. We're doing it because to laugh at it brings it down to a level where it is not the scary monster that it is. You cannot be scared of something and laugh at it at the same time. It's almost a kind of difficult thing to do, right? So right. if there's some big bully in the neighborhood 
and you find him funny and you start laughing at him, all of a sudden you're not that scared of that big bully anymore. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> One of the ways to deal with anxiety and, and certainly is to not minimize it. You know, I saw a very funny you know, thing that somebody said that, you know, somebody was talking about their anxiety and somebody said to them, just calm down. Like, really? Right? Yeah. Okay, so that's a, wow. <laughs> that's right. The cure for anxiety. Just calm down, which yeah. I often like to say in the history of calming down, no one's ever calmed down by being told to calm down. So, you know, it's, it's just really being able to laugh at it, own it, calling it what it is, talking about it, getting it out and doing something to take care of yourself. Yeah, that's some great advice. And I do think, you know, if you think about your colleagues, they're, they're living such seriousness work, intense work for su such long hours at a time, the humor, you know, we should allow that they should allow themselves to really be able to engage in that humor with each other just so that they can, you know, just reduce that intensity, I'm sure for, for what they see each and every day. And, um, and just the talking, I love that rich, you know, I think for all of us, we could transfer that even into our personal lives, the more we can, when we have fears and anxieties of anything that we do, the, the more we're able to talk with somebody else and talk through things, you know, we can, we feel that relaxing part of the reduction of that anxiety within us. So some really great advice. Is there anything else, you know, any other advice that you would give to your colleagues at this time? Yeah, absolutely. First of all, don't, don't minimize your mental health. You know, we have great mental health professionals and organizations usually have great systems and formats like Teladoc, like phone calls for employee assistance programs. Please don't minimize that. I can tell you when I was going through a very tough time in my life, when I had seen some pretty tragic and traumatic things, um, that was something that I would say saved my life, talking to somebody um, professionally. You know, organizations can get creative with this. They can set up, you know, times that even if somebody can't visit because it's not safe to do so, where they can, you know, phone it in or, you know, do FaceTime with, with somebody. I mean, there's ways that you can get, you can get creative. The other thing is to focus on the stories. You know, <clears throat> there's going to be things that happen during this pandemic that, you know, five, 10 years from now, 20 years from now, um, some of the newer, maybe younger nurses are going to be older nurses, maybe, you know, 20, 30 years from now, and they're going to be sharing these stories. And sometimes people aren't going to believe them. They're going to be that amazing. I mean, I know during hurricanes in Florida, when I was at a hospital that lost power for two weeks and lost water pressure, we were getting buckets of water from the pond in front of the hospital and coming in with buckets of water. And that's how we were flushing toilets. And I tell that to people and they look at me like, nah, that didn't happen. But like, I, I, it did happen. It really was. And at the time it was not entertaining and I didn't yeah. love it, but you know, now I can look back at it and I can share that story with somebody and it's not to one up them, but it's to be like, yeah, man, I get you. So write down the stories, write down the, write down the things. This is an amazing time for gratitude. When we are in the depths of the darkest times and the toughest times are the greatest times for two words to come out. Thank you. And just be grateful. I mean, be grateful for the little things. Are we not grateful for the little things right now? I mean, right now, aren't, wouldn't some of us be grateful to have an excuse just to go to Target and wander around and just kind of look at the, like, I don't have hair, I'm bald. Like, I'd, I would pay money to go into Target and just like browse the shampoo aisle right now, you know? And, and that's just because a lot of people are quarantined, stuck at home, can't go out, you know, we're not supposed to. So um, that, that's advice that I would give to people. L look for that gratitude. It, it's hard to do when it's tough, but that's when it's needed the most. You know, write the stories down, record them, share them, find somebody to talk to, find a trusted friend, trying to find a trusted advisor, use a mental health professional. There is no shame in the game if you're feeling anxious or scared.
Yeah, great advice, Rich. And so as we close today, I'd love for you just to share your answer to this question. Now, how can we as people in the community lift up our healthcare professionals? What can we do? First and foremost, especially if we're talking about what's going on right now, um, and it's repetitive, but sometimes it has to be repetitive. I mean, you're an educator and you know that you can't just say something once, right? So if it's, if it's okay to say, stay at home if you don't have to be out, wash your hands and, and or use, you know, hand gel, use antiseptic hand gel, uh, alcohol hand gel, the, the, everything that they're saying. Um, socially distance, it's, it's not stupid. It's important right now because we don't know as much about this disease as we want to know. And right now, in order to get that, you know, flatten that curve and do all those things, um, you know, don't hoard the stuff. Most people do not need face masks. We need those face masks to be there for our, our healthcare professionals, the, the, the PPE that, that has to be. So I'd say first and foremost. Next to that, um, be understanding. You know, if you have somebody in your life that's a healthcare professional right now, they are stressed, they are anxious, they are on edge. Cut them some slack. If they're snapping back at you, if they're not themselves, if, if it's safe to do so and you've got someone in your circle, a friend, a loved one, and maybe they need childcare or maybe they need you to drop off a meal or, you know, maybe they, they, they need you to, you know, drop off some DVDs for them to watch movies. I, I don't know. Give them your Netflix sign on. Wait, is that legal? I don't even know if that's legal. So maybe don't do that. <laughs> but I mean, it, there's so many ways to embrace people. And if you see someone out at the grocery store and they look like they're in healthcare, it doesn't matter what they are or who they are. Say thank you. The other day I was walking my dog and I happened to be wearing a t-shirt. You know, I, I wrote a book called Inspired Nurse and I was wearing my Inspired Nurse t-shirt. And I'm not in the front lines and I'm not caring for patients. And a guy was walking across the street and said, hey, are you a nurse? And I was like, yeah. He goes, thank you for what you all are doing. And I said, I'm, I'm, not, I'm, not, doing, I'm not doing anything right now. I'm, I'm not taking care of patients. He goes, I don't care what you're doing. If you're a nurse, he goes, you're awesome. So say thank you. You know, that's, that's another thing that we could do. And, and maybe last but not least, if you don't have to go to an ER, if, you're, if you don't have to go to a hospital, I mean, I'm not saying to minimize, but you know what? Don't go. You know, it's, it's unsafe for you. It's unsafe for other people. And I know these are things that are being said a lot, but they're super common sense things that, that healthcare workers would appreciate. And, and just say thank you. You know, there's, there's a million ways you can, you know, you know help out friends and, and, and coworkers and, and family members that are healthcare workers. You know, send them, mail them a book, you know, an online book access or a code they can use on Amazon to, to buy a book to read on, on their downtime when they're trying to relax. Um, and certainly, if you've got the means and if it's safe to do so, send some food to, to the busy ERs and the busy floors in, in your area if, if they're able to accept that, if it's safe to do anything. But you know what? Be good to each other. You know, be calm. We don't need anybody having road rage and stupid things that are going to bring people into hospitals for dumb reasons. Be understanding. Be flexible. Um, you know, be compassionate. Show empathy. Uh, and, and that's one of the things that I think that also needs to be said, but I'm seeing some amazing things out in this world. I'm seeing amazing things from our healthcare workers. I'm seeing amazing things from our educators. I'm, I'm doing online schooling with, with my kids. I have a fifth grader and a kindergartner. I already shared with you, Janet, as an educator, yeah. man, people are going to really be appreciating teachers <laughs> right that's now. Right. <laughs> <laughs> that's right. Rich, uh, thank you so much for the time today and sharing your insight with our audience. 
um, just appreciate you and the work that you do uh, in so many ways. You inspire so many people um, each and every day and appreciate your work there. And, you know, I think I just, as I look at actions there, if you're health in healthcare, you know, Rich provided so many things for you all to think about. And I think your, your mental health is really critical and any advice that he provided that can be helpful to you. I, I hope that, that you take advantage of that and take care of yourselves and be safe. And I'm just going to speak for myself, Rich. I, you know, it's interesting. I do, when I walk into the store, I usually see a healthcare worker and, you know, I'm standing there and thinking in my mind, oh, I appreciate you so much, but it's in my mind. I am not saying that or not showing that. And you gave me some very specific things that we could do. Basically just say, thank you or send some food or do something that we can express our gratitude in very significant ways. I appreciate that. It didn't make me take some different actions than I do instead of holding it inside. Thank you very awesome. much. Rich. Awesome. You're welcome. And thanks for having me here. Absolutely. So before we go, I, I want to take a moment to pause as we think about people in our communities, country, and the world struggling with what's in front of us. Let's lift up our healthcare frontline professionals who are making tremendous sacrifices each and every day. Let's lift them up to keep them safe and give them strength to do the work that has been placed on them in these difficult times. Thank you for tuning in to Accelerate Performance. I look forward to connecting with you next week as we continue to focus on the nine principles for organizational excellence so that we can be our best at work and be the great people that we know we can be. Have a great week.